With Memorial Day come and gone, Biden reminds Americans that their God-given rights are not absolute if he disagrees with them, and Democrats, again, seem to not understand the Constitution. This is Big Red, and you're listening to The Big Red for America Show. Before we dive into this week's show, I just want to take a step and just talk about kind of the plans for the podcast, at least for the summer. Uh, Going to transition from an every week post to just kind of every other week, allow me to get a little bit of rest and put a little bit more effort and thought into these podcasts so I can make sure that I'm bringing you guys fresh content, thoughtful content, you know, get back to the base of the show, which seeks to really try to educate about found educate you guys about foundational aspects of conservatism so i didn't post last week i won't post next week but once again looking just to pour a little bit more time into these podcasts and try to develop some deeper thoughts so thank you all for sticking with me and enjoy this week's show The week of Memorial Day, a day where we celebrate the sacrifice of brave men and women who sacrificed their lives to defend our freedoms against tyrants abroad, Biden sought to strip Americans of their rights. On June 2nd, he had this to say. For so many of you at home, I want to be very clear. This is not about taking away anyone's guns. It's not about vilifying gun owners. In fact, we believe we should be treating responsible gun owners as an example of how every gun owner should behave. I respect the culture and the tradition and the concerns of lawful gun owners. At the same time, the Second Amendment, like all other rights, is not absolute. So as Biden just kind of bambled on, the most important takeaway from this video is the notion that he said not all rights are absolute. And this to me is very concerning. It's also concerning because this isn't the first time he said this. A few days prior, he repeated that exact same sentiment and the lie that you couldn't buy a cannon when the Second Amendment passed. And, I mean, I've talked about at least that particular lie in a previous podcast on gun control. It was debunked over a year ago, and he continues to use the same lie. But the point of the show is not to dive back into the gun control argument or how it wouldn't achieve its purposes and how it's only going to disarm law-abiding citizens despite promises made by Joe Biden and the Democrats. But the focus of this podcast is really to point out the misconceptions the left has with the Constitution. I want to preface my arguments against this notion that, quote, not all rights are absolute, and the notion that the government even has the gall to try to limit our constitutional rights with a quote from the Declaration of Independence. It says, quote, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and I want to repeat that, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So I started off with this quote because it's important to understand where our rights come from as Americans, and and really as humans. The founding fathers who understood the concept of natural rights understood that these rights did not come from government. 
So that's why they said endowed by their creator. These rights didn't come from other men. Because remember, the rights come from government or from men. They can be taken away. But rather, our rights came from God, our creator. And this is a stark contrast to other founding documents at the time. I've talked about this before, but the French, after the French Revolution, kind of basing their movement off the American Revolution, actually believed that rights come from man. Essentially, they come from the state. The state gives you their right, gives you your rights. And we see how well that turned out for the French, you know, with the be with the beheadings and the absolute bloodbath that came after the French Revolution. So that's why it's important to differentiate where our rights come from. And the second part is that these rights are unalienable. So I know this old-timey word. What does this old-timey word mean? According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it defines it as impossible to take away or give up. And they even use the language of the Bill of Rights in this definition. Like, that's how they use it in context, which I think is awesome. But I want to focus back that these rights are impossible to take away, unalienable. So in order to have any sort of intelligent discussion about rights as Americans, we need to understand what, what, where they come from, so they come from our creator, not from the government. That's important. Not from the government. And they're unalienable. The government does not have the ability to take these away. And even as a, as a bonus to continue developing this thought about our rights, I will read the next sentence of the Declaration of Independence, which says that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their powers, deriving their just powers, from the consent of the governed. So now, we know where our rights come from. We know where the government gets its power from, from the consent of the governed or from the citizens. They don't just get to wield this scepter of power. You know, they are accountable to us. So now we can really start to delve into the problem behind this idea of, quote, non-absolute rights or the idea of the government telling us that they need to limit our rights. So my biggest gripe, I guess, as I would say it, with the argument that not all rights are absolute, like Joe Biden said, is that they don't even believe, he doesn't even believe what he's saying. Democrats don't believe this point, which is what frustrates me. They're arguing for a point they don't even believe in. For an example, let's just take a look at abortion rights. So remember, I've discussed this in previous podcasts, the quote, right to privacy that is the basis of Roe v. Wade was based on a very liberal, as in not textual, interpretation of the 14th Amendment. Cornell University even says that the, quote, right to privacy is not mentioned in the Constitution, but has been added to it thanks to Supreme Court decisions like Roe v. Wade and the Ogberfell case, which is the gay marriage case. The 14th Amendment was originally about granting the freed slaves full rights of citizenship because Southern Democrats didn't want to give them these rights. They wanted to abridge these rights. They wanted to use government power to strip these freed men and women of their constitutional rights. And like Cornell points out, it has only grown this additional meaning 
after Supreme Court decisions added, really out of thin air, this imaginary right to privacy. But this doesn't matter for Democrats. Joe Biden, who said the Second Amendment wasn't absolute, had this to say about the, quote, right to an abortion. He says, I believe that a woman's right to choose is fundamental. Roe has been the law of the land for almost 50 years, and basic fairness and the, and the stability of our law demand that it not be overturned, unquote. So Biden believes this right is, quote, fundamental, and should therefore not be overturned. But I thought no rights were absolute. If rights aren't absolute, why does it bother him that this might be overturned? I mean, it's not even really being taken away, but rather the court is actually restoring the correct interpretation to the 14th Amendment, if I guess the opinion ever comes out. And maybe, this is a very controversial opinion incoming, if a quote-unquote right can be overturned by the Supreme Court, it isn't really a right. Remember where our rights come from. They come from our creator, not from the Supreme Court and not from the government. I mean, I really think that that is evidence enough that this is not a constitutional nor natural right. Now, what makes the quote-unquote right to an abortion even more unique and more perplexing is that it's protected by another clause, the quote, undue burden clause. This means that a state cannot place, quote, too substantial an obstacle, unquote, for a woman seeking to get an abortion of a fetus that's not viable. Some of the, quote, undue burdens that the Supreme Court has struck down was a Pennsylvania law that required wives to notify their husbands they, were, they had received an abortion. And this is completely unique. The government does not protect any other rights with an undue burden clause. You know, we're not seeing an undue burden for guns. We're not seeing an undue burden for limits the government wants to place on free speech. But for this imaginary right, Joe Biden and the Democrats want to protect it with this undue burden clause. But even with this undue burden clause, the left believes the clause did not go far enough. According to the New Yorker, quote, the court did not deem any of the law's other restrictive provisions, including counseling on the dangers of abortion, a 24-hour waiting period, and parental permission for minors unduly burdensome. I mean, these are all restrictions that are placed on other things, like guns, for example. The Democrats want to have a waiting period, even up to a week long, for to, in order to purchase a firearm, and they don't even want minors to be able to purchase firearms. These aren't, you know, this same logic isn't applied to other rights. And some on the left even want to go farther. In the trailer for Matt Walsh's What is a Woman show, He's talking to some women protesting something. And one is holding a sign that says, any burden is an undue burden. Any burden is undue? And this is the attitude taken by 538.com that says, quote, restrictions don't always seem especially burdensome, at least on their own. An ultrasound, a waiting period, a few hundred dollars, what's the big deal? But when we talk to women about what their abortions were like, they told us in real life the restrictions pile on top of each other. They add up in a way that's excessive, bureaucratic, confusing, and exhausting, unquote. Which first off, I mean, 
any government intervention makes everything expensive, bureaucratic, confusing, and exhausting. But this heavily implies that any burden is undue, especially because the to deem something an undue burden is such a gray area. And according to 538.com, things that might constitute an undue burden would be parental notification and or consent for minors who are seeking an abortion, waiting periods, even if it's under 24 hours, cost, if it costs anything, and even the number of abortion clinics available to their citizens. I mean, do you understand how radical this is? That the left would consider it an undue burden if there aren't enough abortion clinics. Like I've been making the exact same comparison this whole show. Think about what if people said that about gun stores. It's an undue burden on American citizens if there aren't enough gun stores per the population. So let's continue this idea further. Let's actually take this logic that the left applies to a non-existent right and apply it to gun ownership, which is an actual constitutional right listed in the Second Amendment of the Bill of Rights. You can't buy a firearm if you're under 18, and Democrats even want that to be 21. So imagine outlawing abortions for minors or getting the age up to 21. Democrats would have that be unthinkable, yet they support that exact same restriction on gun rights. Democrats want red flag laws and waiting periods. And they've already said that waiting periods should be an undue burden if you're seeking an abortion. But they don't want that on, but they want a waiting period on purchasing guns. And for red flag laws, imagine if you could have a neighbor file with a court and take away your right to an abortion. Uh, the left would go absolutely nuts, but that's the exact same thing that they're pushing in terms of gun, quote, gun control. So the, why did I make this huge comparison? The, the point of this comparison is to get, is to prove the point that the Democrats really don't believe that all rights are not absolute. Just rights they don't like. Those are the ones that aren't absolute. Rights they like, like abortion, need to be legal, free, up to, and past birth without any restrictions. That's what some rabid pro-abortion advocates argue. This argument makes abortion the only right that, first off, isn't restricted, and is compensated by the federal government. The federal government isn't shelling out money to start a newspaper. You know, you know to exercise your First Amendment, right? They're not paying for poster board and markers to go protest. They're not providing guns and ammunition for free. The government is only subsidizing abortion. So it's completely unique in that regard. But this just goes to show, to wrap this all up, once again, not all rights should be hindered. Just ones the left doesn't like. They don't actually believe the fact that all rights aren't absolute. They just push forward that talking point when there's one particular right that they want to hinder, like gun control. Or, as another example, free speech. Remember, Biden was pushing forward this disinformation board headed by a left-leaning, well, actually, no, just straight-up leftist, um, like TikTok influencer. That's who was going to head this quote disinformation board. And the whole point was to be, was to stem whatever the government deemed misinformation was. And like a true gem, I keep citing myself. I covered this, it, this problem with the government deeming things quote misinformation almost a year ago. Things that were misinformation 
you know, only it only took six months. Things that were misinformation like the lab leak. Six months later, oh yeah, it actually was a lab leak. And you would have gotten banned uh, off social media for insinuating that COVID might have come for a, from a lab. And I hope that they're, you know, these people were restored once this information actually came out. I doubt it. But, you know, that's what I would have hoped. So, once again, not all rights are absolute. You don't have the absolute right to free speech if you're pushing forward a narrative the government doesn't like. But this just goes to show the Democrats' misunderstanding of the entire Constitution. I don't want to continue down the rabbit hole of comparing abortion to gun control or towards the First Amendment because obviously the hypocrisy is evident to those on the right, but those who choose to ignore it are obviously, um, it's going to just fall on deaf ears. But I want to take a step back and talk about the greater problem with how the left sees the Constitution. So first off, you know, repeating kind of what I had talked about before, I started the show with reading the Declaration of Independence because it's a founding document and it gives us perspective into the minds of the founding fathers. We see their statement where our rights come from. Obviously, they, we are endowed by our creator. Our rights come from God, not from government. Which means that these rights can't be legislated away because they were never given to us by the federal government. And this is the first really misunderstanding that the left has with the Constitution or with rights in general. Um, we're, we're seeing it more and more now. Free college is a right. Healthcare is a right. Social security is a right. Um, and these rights are really just being legislated by the, these quote unquote rights are just being legislated by the federal government, which goes to their logic that rights come from the government. So therefore the government can take away your rights as it, see, as it sees fit. It can limit them, you know, however, because really it's the government giving you these rights. But that's not how the Founding Fathers saw it. Even if the government decided to strip away our natural rights, the citizens should not obey, and the Founding Fathers acknowledged this. The next part of the Declaration of, of Independence reads, quote, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends. So what ends? The ends of securing the God-given rights of the people. So when it becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles, principle, what principles? You know, life, liberty, ha um, property, life, liberty, and ha pursuit of happiness, natural rights, those principles, and organize its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness, unquote. So we are given a recourse for a tyrannical government within the Declaration of Independence. So, so why would the Founding Fathers do that? Because, for those of you who choose to ignore history, America actually started as a nation after rebelling against their government, the British government, because they, the British government, was infringing upon the Founding Fathers' rights, on American rights. Now, of course, I'm not advocating for an armed overthrow of the government. Luckily, we still have peaceful recourse of assembly, voting in our representatives who will push our priorities. And, and these rights, these avenues have been used successfully for many different things, like um, civil rights in the 60s, for example. 
We, but we need to be serious about electing our local and state officials who will defend our freedoms because that's how we can peacefully keep the government from infringing on our rights. And this actually goes into my next point. The rights in the Constitution are meant to restrain the government, not the people. The left keeps pushing the narrative that we the people are, quote, the government, which essentially means the government is on your side and will protect you. And Biden said that exact phrase in his joint address to Congress in 2021. That's democracy in action. Our Constitution opens with the words, as trite as it sounds, we the people. Well, it's time to remember that we the people are the government, you and I. Not some force in a distant capital, not some powerful force that we have no control over. It's us. It's we the people. But clearly, history shows that we the people are not the government and that we should not trust the government. The government will not always protect us. Just look at leftist dictators like Stalin, Mao, and Hitler who killed tens of millions of their own citizens. Even in America, we saw how the government treated African Americans who were repeatedly denied their constitutional rights under uh, the Democrats' Jim Crow South. Which is why we the people are not the government. We the people are actually against the government. That is a conflict the Constitution recognizes. The battle for our liberty is the people against the government. That's why the, gov the Founding Fathers worked so hard to restrain the power of the government in the Constitution. That's why they set out limited powers in hopes of having a limited government. They wanted a small government that would lack the power to disenfranchise the people. In fact, the government, the founding fathers rather, were so pro-limited government, they were afraid to add the Bill of Rights because they feared that the government would really see this more as permission to do whatever they wanted as long as it didn't violate those particular rights. And how... And how right were the Founding Fathers in that? How will we've seen the federal government grow to so outside its original constitutional bounds? It's, it's mind-boggling. I mean, some examples of this are just the administrative branch period, what we saw with the COVID lockdowns, mask mandates, vaccine mandates, eviction moratorium, etc. The, the government clearly acting outside its prescribed role in the constitution um just and it how it perpetuates its own growth with things like the administrative state the hiring of bureaucrats that are paid for with american tax dollars but the problem with this is, is that the left sees no problem with the current size and scope of government and really those on the right haven't tried to limit it which is why, once again, it's important to elect strong state representatives and governors who will fight for a limited government. This is why I keep repeating the same talking points over and over and over again. If we don't fight for our liberties, if we're not going to fight for our liberties, the government is just going to keep taking them away. Because that is the essential conflict um, in society. It's between governments and their people. Like I said before, the government only wants to perpetuate its own existence and grow its power. It is our duty as citizens to keep it restrained. It's like um, pruning a tree. You know, it's our job to cut back and trim the branches to keep the tree, you know, small or in, at least in its proper shape.
So, so what are the big red takeaways for this episode? Why does this matter? It matters because we see how the government treats rights. It's, uh, it seeks to limit them. It seeks to limit rights it doesn't like, which Biden is clearly trying to do with some of his gun control measures, which he clearly tried to do with this misinformation board. Because you know, he gets to consider what is misinformation. He gets to choose what is limited, you know. But other rights, you know, like the quote right to an abortion, for example, Biden wants that to be limitless and free. And and it, it matters because it illustrates the necessity of fighting for our liberties because the government only wants to keep abridging them. Second big red takeaway is that the conflict, and perhaps the biggest takeaway is that the conflict in America, as mentioned by the Founding Fathers, is between the citizens and their government. We the people are not the government. We the people actually need to take a more active role in limiting the growth and scope of the federal government if we want to preserve our republic. So how do we do this? Like I've said before on so many other shows, get involved, make sure you vote, and elect strong and elect strong local and state leaders who will fight to preserve the federal system. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show of the Big Red for America show. See you guys all next time. Did you like what you heard this week? Make sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms from our site on Anchor FM. If you want to follow us on social media, you'll see our link down in the description. And if you really like it, make sure you share this podcast with all your friends. That's one of the best ways that you can help this podcast grow. Thank you all so much. See you next time.